discuss all things related to women to help us think Christianly in every area of life. I'm Sandy, and I'm here with Susie. We both have a passion to bring gospel reform to womanhood, to families, and to all of life. I have a background in education and music, and Susie's training is in biblical counseling, theology, and ministry to women. Susie and I have been friends and have served at our local church for over 20 years together. Last time we got together, Susie, we started looking at the Proverbs 31 woman, and we looked specifically at verse 10, and that verse talked about an excellent wife who can find she's more precious than jewels. And I encourage our listeners, if they if they haven't listened to that one, to also go back, um, because today we're actually going to look at the next verse, uh, 31:11, and that verse says, "The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain." And I noticed right away that the very first descriptive trait of this virtuous woman deals with the heart of her husband. And it says the heart of her husband trusts in her. And some different versions say the heart of her husband trusts in her with secure confidence. NIV says that her husband has full confidence in her. It sounds like his heart is totally at rest with her. There's a secure peace. So let's examine what that would look like and how we can strive to gain and hold our husband's confidence in this way. Can you break this down, Susie, and what does it mean to be trustworthy? Yeah, it's an absolutely, it's a high calling. Um, The first thing I want to say is that it starts with who you are and it results in how you live. There has to be trustworthiness at your core. It means that you are aware of your own sinfulness, but you have trusted in Christ to forgive you and to cleanse you. And you know who you are could be, but you are forever grateful for the redemption that you have in Jesus Christ. The reality is none of us is perfectly trustworthy. Um, When you were describing uh, in your uh, statement there about how her husband has full trust in her, that he has secure confidence, it's such a beautiful description that I think all of us would strive for, but realize if we're really being honest that, that we're not not fully that because we are maybe at times emotionally unstable or maybe sometimes we act out of character. Uh, Sometimes this out of character is because we're under our own stress or maybe there's been a a family death or sickness, something unusual that happened and we've never had to face this before. All of a sudden we are acting out of character because we're in a very different situation and that could take our husband by surprise. Another thing is we will change as we grow and mature. Part of us stays the same, but part of us changes and they don't always know how to respond or what to expect at that point. And, uh, and so some of these things, there are times when we even if we are trustworthy people, we might not fully be living in a trustworthy manner at that moment. And um, so we need to go back and ask ourselves, uh, who am I imaging? If I am increasingly bearing the image of Christ, my husband will trust in me. His trust for me will increase. It will grow. Uh, I know that even uh, in my own relationship, there might be 
the odd occasion when I'm out of character because of a, a certain situation. But because he's known me for 27 and a half years, he knows who I am. He knows how I've lived. Uh, he still trusts me. He doesn't assume that I've suddenly fallen apart and become a totally different person. And uh, he has seen that over the years, I've been increasingly seeking to bear the image of Christ. And so he he trusts me even when I'm not always perfectly trustworthy. And I'm very thankful for that. Um, I know that both of us had to learn to trust. It doesn't always come naturally. Uh, one of the things that uh, we had to realize in our marriage, my husband comes from a broken family. He had grown up in a family where his parents, parents split apart after they had all their children. The youngest was two the dad left. And so he had to learn to trust that I wouldn't abandon him when times got tough or when childbearing got overbearing. Uh, So part of that came from his own brokenness. I know for myself, I grew up in a place where I felt unlovable or unworthy or difficult or less lovable than other people. That had nothing to do with my husband, but it was me. And so I had to learn that he wouldn't leave me just because I wasn't perfect. And so we entered marriage with a level of trust because we both knew that the other had a relationship with Christ and that we were both seeking to live for him and to bear the image of Christ. But because of our own vulnerabilities, sometimes it was hard to trust and sometimes we weren't fully trustworthy. Um, and so that take ta- takes time, that takes patience and I think it's not easy to admit that we'd like to assume that as soon as you build a relationship with someone especially someone that's as important as your husband that there's absolute a hundred percent trust but trust grows and I think as we became increasingly vulnerable with one another and we were willing to share our thoughts and our feelings in an increasing way that helped. And especially for me as a woman, uh, women have to have control over their emotions. We have to learn to steward them. We want to be honest about them, but we will also want to steward them. That means we, we, we can share what's actually going on without unraveling completely. Right. And, um, we have to show genuine love and faithfulness, especially as women. We we have to be intentional about that. I think sometimes as women, we have learned and our natural desire is to be pursued. But sometimes we forget that we also need to pursue our husbands. And we can get so caught up in wanting to be loved that we forget that we also have to show that genuine love and faithfulness back to him. And... I think we want to be intentional about building up our own husband, affirming who he is so that he also trusts that we are for him and not against him. Um, I would say that uh, we also have to choose to trust. Like I said, sometimes we come with our own brokenness and it's hard to trust, not even because of something that the other has done, but because we've been hurt in the past. And so we choose to trust. We choose to be honest even when it's hard. We, we choose to live with integrity. And as we live with integrity year after year, 
they're going to trust us. And that trust will grow because they've seen that we are trustworthy people. And uh, once again, just showing that we are for him, not against him. And part of that means that we speak well of our husbands, both publicly and privately. And that's where we have to get be careful as women because we can easily get caught up in these little gossip sessions, uh, even us Christian women in uh, in group settings or with our women or with our girlfriends, and um, maybe we slip out little grievances that we have with our husband, or we we speak rudely to him or roll our eyes in public. That's so dishonoring to him, and when we do that, that actually breaks trust rather than builds trust. And so those are just a few things that we can do to learn to live trustworthy lives and to be trustworthy women where our husband has full confidence in us. We will never be perfect. And and we're going to talk a little bit more about this later on. Um, I'm sure that'll come up. But forgiveness is a huge thing, being willing to repent and forgive because we we will make mistakes at times. Hiding our own sin will not build trust. But when we're actually willing to admit it and acknowledge it, that in itself will help build trust because he realizes, yeah, she's not perfect, but she's at least willing to own up to it. Thanks. I think you hit on some key, some really key points there about choosing to trust and um, coming in with your own history and just recognizing that, that that can shape your trust of your spouse, um, not by anything that they've done. That's great. The theme of trust fits with God's instruction to married women that we read about in Ephesians 5, where wives are commanded to submit to our own husbands as to the Lord in everything. How does our submission to our husband and to the Lord lead to our husband having no lack of gain? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting uh, to connect submission to trust, but I think it goes along the theme of letting him know that you are for him, not against him. The reality is we have been designed to be our husband's helpmate. According to Genesis 2.18, it says very clearly, then the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. This sounds all so strange in a culture like ours. Our culture is very individually minded. You live for yourself. Uh, Everybody is building their own personal kingdom. They care about themselves above and beyond anyone else. And yet that's not how God created us. God created us to be together. Even the man, it's not good for him to be alone. It's not about the man building his own kingdom and us just tagging along. No, it's not good for him to be alone because we have been called to build God's kingdom. It's God's design for us to be the helpmate. And I think when we are able to shed the idea of looking out for ourselves and thinking about ourselves and living individual lives, I think it's much easier for us to grasp the concept of of being submission, submission, ah, that's a hard word to say sometimes, submissive, and to be a helpmate, and not to find that offensive. It's not an offensive thing 
to be a beneficial helper to our husband. It should be an honor because really it's not, like I said, it's not about building our husband's kingdom. It's about building God's kingdom and how great it is that we have been called to help him and to do that together. I think there's something at the core of all of us women that we like to do things together. That's why, you know, we've got this, you know, stigma that women never go to the bathroom together. They always ask a friend to join them, right? We, we don't want to be alone. We want to be with other people as we do things. And that's a good thing. So why have we deemed it to be a bad thing when it comes to our husbands? I think we need to change our minds on that. And it is linked to trust because when our husband knows that we are ultimately on mission for the Lord, that we are so fully devoted to the Lord, that we will do whatever God calls us to, that we will do that with humility, we will be willing to submit and follow the call of the Lord, then he will trust us because he'll know that we're not out for our own gain, but we are here to bring glory to God. And so we need to remember, always remember that it's not about building our husband's kingdom. If that's the mindset that we have, we are here to build God's kingdom. We're doing this together through following the lead of our husband. We're trusting that our husband is seeking God just as much as we are. And if God calls him to something, we are his helper and let's do everything possible to help make that happen. That's great. Um, I know that submission is a hard word to say, but it's also a heated word in our culture. And I, I was even advised, advised by somebody very close to me right before my wedding to make sure that's not in your vows. Um, mm. Yeah. So do you have any advice for women who struggle with God's command to be trustworthy toward our husband and to submit? Yeah. Well, hopefully you've thought about these things, you've been taught these things, and you've accepted these things even before you're married. Because first of all, we need to remember that it's first about honoring and submitting to God. And so if we're willing and in agreement that we need to submit to God, God's commandment in Ephesians 5 is to submit to our husbands. It will be a lot easier if we recognize that first and foremost, we need to live submissive lives to God. And, and then secondly, if we understand that, if we've been taught that even before marriage, we will be wise to choose a husband whom we are willing to submit to, someone whom we are willing to trust. You see, sometimes, especially in culture, uh, women are looking for someone that they can dominate, someone that will let them do whatever they want and look out for their own interests and build their own kingdom and live selfish lives because after all, it's all about the woman and what she wants and what she needs. And it's very self-centered. That's how the world promotes relationship and particularly uh, marriage and relationships with women. And I think that's so sad. Um, and it really destroys trust. It destroys what marriage should be. Uh, and so we, at the same time, we, we do have to choose wisely. If we're just choosing someone that's going to let us do whatever we want and just buckle under every um, whining complaint that we have, we're going to lose 
respect for him very quickly. And it might look good during the dating years or maybe the first couple of years of marriage. But after a while, you're going to get tired of that. You're actually going to want someone that's willing to lead you, that's willing to guard you and protect you and provide for you. And so look for someone who, who's willing to do that. And that means you have to find someone, uh, a husband who, who loves God more than he loves you, who is radically willing to do whatever God has called him to. And if you know that he is ultimately following God, why aren't you willing to follow him? Uh, so that's where it starts, uh, which means we have to have a biblical understanding of marriage and of trust. And we have to remember that there is uh, no perfect human being. Uh, And so you will need to offer lots of repentance and forgiveness. Uh, It was interesting. Just recently, I read a post that asked the question, why aren't marriages lasting like our grandparents' generation? It was just a public post made, I don't even think I follow this group it was just an interesting thing that came up on my feed. And I thought, you know what, this is an important question. And as much as I might not feel like responding to it, I believe it's sometimes the responsibility of Christians to to speak into these issues because there's a whole lot of garbage that comes up in these kind of feeds. And so I decided to give a fairly general response. I didn't get too preachy. I decided I'm not going to get too preachy here, even though if I was speaking to a different audience, I'd have a lot more to say. But all I said was this, uh, quote, one of my favorite quotes is, there are no long-term relationships without forgiveness. I continued saying, people are no longer willing to forgive. As soon as it gets tough, people give up. They are more interested in receiving than giving. I will be married for 28 years this spring. We have both grown and matured over these years. We have both offered forgiveness for offenses, and we continue to love and honor one another. Marriage is a covenant that can endure joyfully when both the husband and wife are willing to do their part in the relationship. End quote. Well, I... um, I got quite the response sure. to that. And, you know, it, it was good. I got quite a few likes and loves and some really appreciative comments. But, wow, did I ever get some laughs and some negative comments as well. And in all honesty, I don't even take those things personally because I know that I'm not, I don't have a perfect view of marriage and I certainly don't live out marriage perfectly, but I have a really good understanding of what biblical marriage is all about. And so I'm not afraid of other people's responses, even if it rejects me, because they're not ultimately rejecting me, they're rejecting God's truth. But um, the attacks and the, the, the comments that were made were really quite sad and it gave me insight into into culture. And so first of all, a lot of comments were about abuse. And um, certainly, I'm a biblical counselor, I I understand genuine abuse. And I'm not going to counsel a woman who is genuinely being abused, is in danger of her life to stay. And I do recognize that even with repentance and forgiveness, there's times when the marriage can't safely stay together. The Bible does give exceptions for divorce. 
God hates divorce uh, and people too quickly give up on divorce. But there are two exceptions in God's word for divorce. But those are the exceptions. They're not the, the excuses to get us out of a marriage that might be difficult or a marriage that is getting boring or uh, where we can just accuse a husband who expects to be respected as being an abusive husband. Husband, We have to be careful about that. And so um, it, it was interesting, especially because most of the people that laughed at this comment were women and I just thought how sad like wouldn't we want to be in a relationship where we're willing to repent and forgive but I think a lot of it comes from the fact that they don't even understand what forgiveness is and they don't understand what repentance is and um they they just they have this view of if you hurt me once you hurt me twice and then you're done right um whereas Christ calls us to forgive 70 times 7. But I do want to say uh, those are God's truths. But if there are women who are genuinely being abused, if you think that you are being abused in your marriage, I absolutely do encourage you to go to your elders and get direction from them. Uh, Make sure that you go to a church where there are uh, biblical elders who hold you high in regards to your standards of marriage, but they won't be willing to excuse abusive behavior by your husband either. And so, yeah, if there is is that going on, by all means, go and, and talk to your elders and get help from them. But we can't assume that a husband who is calling you to respect him or to submit to him is abusive and we have to be careful about that that uh, I know that's a tender and a sensitive subject Um, but it has to be said we we do have to gain a proper understanding of of submission and husbands are called to expect that from their wives we are called to genuinely joyfully give that to our husbands just like they're called to love us sacrificially and lay down their lives for uh, their wives just like Christ laid down his life for for um, the church and so we have to to look at both of those things but yeah absolutely submission and trust go hand in hand because submission shows that you trust him that you are for him in that ultimately you desire to honor God and to follow God to wherever he leads you and what a beautiful picture of the gospel displayed that a biblical marriage is Mm -hmm. when it's being lived out with forgiveness with trust and your response to that comment um, really just shows how broken of a world that we are living in and how living biblically is counter to everything around us. Many married couples may not have considered what it means to live out God's word or his design for marriage. Perhaps gaining trust in marriage seems like a really daunting task and maybe it was never really there. Maybe it has been broken somehow. How can wives gain back the trust that they may have lost in their marriages? Yeah, well, um, it requires repentance. And repentance is just, 
isn't just saying, oh, sorry, and then continuing to live as you always have. True repentance will include godly sorrow for your sin and in a life change, right? We, we can't let ourselves off the hook. So if we have messed up in our marriage, um, whether it's marital unfaithfulness or just genuinely a pattern of disrespect that is going to lose his trust, trust in us as well. Or maybe it's a habit of being dishonest. If we've done those things, we should genuinely repent first to God, but also to our husband and then seek to live a life that has been changed. And then we have to live patiently just because we've repented today doesn't mean he's going to trust us again today. And we should be patient with that. Another uh, quote that I love to use, and I uh, got it from a biblical counseling conference I was at a number of years ago, says this, vertical trust is the goal. Horizontal trust is the byproduct of the offended person living lovingly and the forgiven person living faithfully. And that just is, there's so much there. I could break that down and we could talk about that um, for a long time. But I'll just let you chew on that for a little bit and apply it to your own personal situation uh, for whoever might be listening there and might be wanting to know what trust looks like. So uh, briefly, I just want to say vertical trust is the goal. That little phrase means that first and foremost, let's be looking to trust in God, knowing that God is ultimately for us, not against us, that God is all powerful. He is holy, that he does all things for the good of those that love him. And that means that it's for his glory and for our good and our good isn't necessarily mean doesn't mean that he'll give us what we want but it's for our sanctification and so we have to trust God that he is seeking to accomplish that in our lives and whether or not trust in a relationship is restored that's not our main focus our main focus is that we'll trust God no matter what happens in this relationship But horizontal trust, meaning the trust that you have between yourself and in this case, your husband, is the byproduct of the offended person living lovingly. And so the person who has offered forgiveness, the one who has been hurt but said, I'll forgive you, has to live lovingly towards the offender. And then the person who has been forgiven needs to live faithfully. You see, trust isn't going to be rebuilt if you keep acting the same way you always have. So if you disrespect your husband and you say, oh, I'm sorry, and you disrespecting him again tomorrow, yeah, he can forgive you again tomorrow, but he's not going to actually begin to trust you until you actually start changing. And that's a consequence of our sin. And in We've all experienced that. We've all broken someone's trust at some point. And then we have to learn to live faithfully and earn their trust again. Um, Certainly, if I'm the one that has been offended, I have to choose, choose trust and choose to believe that they will change. And part of that, I should be praying for them. I should be patient with them. I should be kind towards them even when 
they're in process because that's what I want from other people. And most importantly, that's how God is towards us. He is kind. He is patient. But he doesn't excuse our behavior. He doesn't allow us to stay the same. And he he expects us to be growing in our faithfulness to him. And we should also be growing in our faithfulness in all categories. It's not just about being faithful sexually, um, but it's faithful in all areas of life, uh, meaning controlling our emotions, meaning speaking truthfully, meaning being vulnerable, meaning living um, lives of integrity, all of those things help build trust. And when we break that trust, let's be quick to own up to it and seek the change that we need and keep moving forward. And that's where the blessing of long-term relationships and long-term marriage comes in handy. Because if you're only basing your trustworthiness over the first year or two of marriage, you might have many pointers to, or many failures to point out at each other. But as you grow, as you mature, as you repent, as you forgive, you will learn to see that, wow, okay, there is the opportunity to grow in trust. And as you learn to trust him, hopefully he is also learning to trust you more and more. So at the end of our lives, we can truly be those women. And hopefully it doesn't take to the end of our lives, but in an increasing way, it will be true of us uh, when it says the heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of gain. That's so encouraging to me. That's who I want to be. That's when my time comes, when, when the end of my life has come, I sure hope that that statement is increasingly true of me. And that is something that's built over time. It's beautiful. Well, thank you for joining us as we discuss the trustworthy woman in Proverbs. We hope that you are strengthened and equipped to overcome any temptations that may harm trust from our husbands that we would be women who enrich our husbands' lives as we make Christ the cornerstone of our